danger. Jimmy, my man. Coming to you live. How you doing, buddy? I am rocking and rolling, my friend. Good How about to, you? Good to hear your voice again, man. One of my favorite people ever. <laughs> oh, that's cool. That's cool. Yeah, it's been about a year, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's been a while, man. But it's good to see you're uh, not slowing down over there. I see you cranking oh, no. out episodes. What do you got? <laughs> you got three shows now? Uh, well, I've had to let Ask the Low Carb Experts kind of go by the wayside for now. Yeah. Uh, when I was writing the book, it was just way too much. And I've... I've learned to do because of people like you kind of put up these boundaries and really not overextend myself. I try to be the most productive that I can be. And I still think I'm pretty darn productive, but uh, I had to cut some things. And that was one. It really saddened me because I loved doing that show. But uh, maybe we'll revive it one of these days. But yeah, yeah, I do three live in La Vida low carb shows each week and then uh, ask the low carb experts on Friday (sighs) or uh, low carb conversations. So you're, you're four days a week. And then four, plus st- plus calls whenever still you four do a days book. a week and wow. yeah and 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 promoting a book and yeah oh man yeah <laughs> so I mean I, I still feel like I get pretty good production but uh, I could definitely use about two or three people doing what I do to really do all the things I want to be doing yeah absolutely. you know you oh, there oh, too yeah, man <laughs> totally not as bad though not as bad though man this is my show and. Uh, yeah, I mean, we, we, we do these once a week, so even that sometimes is like last minute, here's the email to post on right. Libsyn, so um, I can only imagine, man. But good for you putting out this book. I mean, it's cool to see, uh, you know, you just put one out, and now you're going round two. I'm excited to talk to you about it today. Uh, before we got going real quick, I wanted to check, 45 minutes okay around oh, yeah. there? Sure, sure. Okay, cool. Um, is it cool if we touch on some basic stuff for the you newbies out there? talk about whatever you want to talk about, man. It's your show. I, I will I will make up an answer if I don't know it. Okay, okay cool. I just didn't want I want to check. Sometimes people... No, no. I'm totally cool with whatever. If you want to, like Sean Croxton asked me if I was a racist, so, you know, ask me whatever you want to ask me. I really don't care. <laughs> Oh, that's good. You'll have to listen to that one to know what I'm talking about. Yeah, pro- probably. I, I got to go in the archives. Um, okay, Wasn't man. that long ago. Go ahead. All right, cool. I'll, I'll give you a shout out and then you'll be on. All right, guys. Today I am talking with one, a walking success story. 410 lost 180. And he's here today to talk to us about his new book and everything he's got going on at Live in La Vida Low Carb. Mr. Jimmy Moore. Oh, man. His show's got over... What is it, 800 episodes now, Jimmy? Yeah, just tipped over 850. Oh, goodness gracious. I think <laughs> I think we just tipped over 50. <laughs> I, I told people, I, I said, when I hit 1,000 episodes, I'll do the 1,000th episode, and then I'll retire. No, I'm just kidding. I won't do that. <laughs> Sign on for the other 1,000. So he wrote Cholesterol Clarity uh, probably a year, year ago it came out, and he came on the show and just dished it up. I got some great feedback from that. So we brought him back for the uh, new book, which is Ketone Clarity. And, um, well, how'd you come up with the name, Jimmy? So Keto Clarity, uh, Keto being short for ketosis, ketogenic, um, ketogenesis. You probably heard different variations on it. But, you know, I mean, that's kind of been what I've been about in the last few years since doing that nutritional ketosis experiment, you know, pretty publicly. Uh, And I went to find people that had written books about keto, and they didn't exist. I mean, other than maybe if you kind of extrapolated it from Dr. Atkins' work and there were maybe a couple of books on epilepsy and ketogenic diets, but 
really nobody had ever written a layman's terms book to show you how to do ketosis, what it takes to get there. You don't just fall into it. Uh, you, you really need to, to do some specific things. And, and all the totality of the science that has been done on ketogenic diets, nobody had ever put it in any uh, publication before. Uh, so by golly, it's going to be there for keto clarity. Yeah, no, absolutely. And so you were doing this ketosis uh, experiment on yourself, and, yeah. and you did that for a year. Um, yeah. I remember you talking about that last time. W- what did you find in that, or, or kind of how did you go about doing that experiment on yourself? Yeah, so I've been low-carb, you know, Clark, for over a decade now. So Atkins diet was kind of my claim to fame, how I got into this space. Uh, but what I found was I was making a huge mistake that a lot of people make. And the mistake was assuming that my low-carb diet was a ketogenic diet. And while low-carb is definitely a key aspect of that, what I discovered was it's not the only thing that it takes for people to get into ketosis. Now, some people, carbohydrate restriction alone probably will get them most of the way there to be in ketosis. But for some of us who have been formerly 410 pounds... Yeah, <laughs> or or have insulin resistance or some kind of metabolic issues that make it where you're a lot more sensitive to carbohydrates. You actually have to do some other things as well, which we can talk about. Um, but I wanted to put together, you know, this this whole guide that would help people do it. And so uh, I thought, well, if I'm going to do that, I need to go through it myself and see what's going on. So it was in 2012. I was struggling a, a little bit with some weight regain. Uh, some sleep health, uh, sleep was not doing well, so my health was mm. kind of a little bit down. I was fatigued. I was going, what in the world is yeah, going on? Yeah, because you have 800 shows, man. <laughs> well, that was part of it, and I and I will be the first to admit um, I was working my butt off. Ironically, as a health podcaster, I was yeah. uh, kind of destroying my health in the process of doing that, and it was people like Sean Croxton and Diane Sanfilippo and different ones that said, step away from the microphone and nobody gets hurt. Uh, and and they were right. I needed to take breaks. I was literally going Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, every single week for the whole year, never taking a break. Hustling, uh, all- man. Always you're, a, been, you're a hustler, yeah. <laughs> that's always been my mentality. I've I've always been a hard worker, even though the yeah. stereotype for you know somebody that's overweight is they're a lazy slob. Well, I'm I'm you know I might not be the perfect body, but I'm certainly no lazy slob either. Yeah. So uh, so I read this book called The Art and Science of Low Carbohydrate Performance in spring of 2012 when I was going through these things. It's by a couple of researchers named Dr. Jeff Fullick and Dr. Steve Finney. And in there, they talk about measuring for nutritional ketosis using a blood ketone meter. And I was like, what? what, what? I, I thought ketosis, you measured peeing on a stick. That was really my only exposure to measuring for ketones. But they said that there was a meter out there. And I've since found out there's actually a couple of meters out there, but the meter that they recommended is is really the best one sure. called Precision Extra. And so I got one of those meters. It's about $15 or $20. Uh, then I started looking for the strips, and I found they're extremely expensive. In America, mm. if you go to Amazon.com and type in Precision Extra Ketone Strips, you're going to see Sticker Shock because about 10 of them is just over $50, which is $5 wow. a piece. So that's out of the range of a lot of people. Um, I did end up having a friend of mine that lives in Australia 
And he said, hey, mate, down here, they're 70 cents a piece. I'll send you some. So he hooked me up with a, a good Ill- illegal import. Yeah, I know. Right. <laughs> you smuggler. So I started testing my blood ketones, my blood sugar and my weight. And I said, you know what? Let's do a year long experiment where I test morning and night, sometimes during that experiment, every hour on the hour, just to see what was happening with blood ketones, blood sugar and weight. Now, weight, I thought was the least interesting. I I think too many people obsess about their weight. Sure to the detriment of their health. Uh, let's get blood sugar under control. Let's see some of the other cardiometabolic markers get better. And then, okay, if your weight's still up, you know, then let's try to maybe deal with it then. But it's not the first thing you should be paying attention to. So I went on this experiment May of 2012, was testing, and I found out very quickly I was not in ketosis despite being very low carb. Uh, very low carb for me was right around 30 grams, and I, I was truly at around 30 grams and still was struggling. And what it was, Clark, was I had to moderate down on my protein. I was way over consuming protein. And, you know, this book's been out there, uh, you know, a few weeks now. That's probably been the biggest revelation most people have been giving me feedback on is I had no idea that protein could be bad. Now, some of your listeners are probably listening and going, well, wait a minute. I thought protein was good. I thought, you know, a low carb diet is a high protein diet. Well, actually, it's not. Uh, It is a high fat diet by definition and a moderated protein. And you might be wondering, well, what's wrong with too much protein? Well, your body can only use so much protein. So once it's used all the protein it needs, it then takes the excess protein and sends it to the liver. Guess what the liver does to it once it gets it? It does this real long G word that we put in the book. Don't let it scare you. It's a long technical medical term. It's called gluconeogenesis. Yes. So we'll call it GNG for short. But GNG basically takes the excess protein that you consume and converts it through your liver into sugar in your body. So if you're trying to be a ketone burner, one of the best ways to turn off ketones is to turn on sugar. And the first place you get sugar is carbohydrates. That's the obvious place. But the second place is excess protein. And I was eating chicken breasts, Clark, thinking Mm. it was low carb. It is low carb. It's extremely low carb, but it's also very, very high in absolute amounts of protein. So once I started moderating down the protein, probably to lower levels than people would recognize as, hmm, that doesn't seem right, but it was right to get into ketosis. And then the third element was ramping up the fat, which I was already eating pretty high fat, I had to go, uh, I was probably around 55 or 60% fat, but I found that I needed to go upwards of 80 to 85% fat in order for my body to respond and produce the ketones that I needed to start seeing the therapeutic effects. So not everybody has to go to that level to be in ketosis. My wife, for example, Christine, she eats about 55% fat in her diet, 30% protein and 15% carbohydrate as a percentage of her calories, and she gets higher ketones than I do. (laughs) So there's very high individual variability with this, which is what we try to help people with in Keto Clarity is finding where you are in your carb tolerance level, helping you figure out what that protein threshold level really is, and then eating saturated and monounsaturated fats to satiety. If you do those things and then test to see where you are in ketosis, there's no reason why you can't be in a ketogenic state. 
So I want to go back real quick to in uh, 2004 when you're, you know, you lost all that weight and you're feeling really good and then it slowly starts to creep back and you might yep. like look at pictures and, you know, you can see the progression if, if you know, we're our own worst critics. So, of course, you notice it the most. Oh, yeah. And so, I mean, I think a lot of people have that where they lose a bunch of weight and then it comes back and then they get so down on themselves, they almost... Yeah you know, compensate, eat more. And then it, it just spirals out of control. I mean, like, right. What are you feeling when you're, um, you know, you have the success story, you've been public about it and then it kind of starts creeping back. Like what's going on in your mind? Well, and that's the difference between me and maybe some other people that, that aren't as prominent online talking yeah. about diet and, totally. <laughs> and health. When, when you're Jimmy Moore and you start gaining weight, oh my gosh, that low carb diet has stopped working. What's yeah. wrong? I mean, your whole business is it, you are your resume, essentially. You know, yeah, it's, it's, I'm it, the brand, exactly. So and and I never pretend to be the expert. Sometimes people are like, well, what are you? Why are you a diet expert? I'm like, I've never pretended to be a diet expert. I'm on this journey for myself, and I'm you know you know imparting some of the things that I've learned along the way. Yeah, uh, but I, I don't think anybody should hold me or, or really anybody that talks about diet and health, even if they've got the perfect body, they may not have ever been 400 plus pounds and having to deal with the aftermath of that. Yeah. I think we, we're all out here trying to provide information. And I think information is power to other people for them to make good choices for themselves. I, I say anything you hear coming out of my mouth or Clark's mouth or really any guru out there that's telling you how to eat, you run it through your own BS filter. You, you do your own research, but let it maybe spark something in your mind that you maybe wouldn't have thought about before. Yeah, man, it was real hard uh, starting to see all that happen, especially since I interview literally everybody in the whole world of health. And I think that was part of my problem, Clark, was I hear from everybody. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, w when you start to hear such a diverse set of, of opinions and, and information you start to kind of say, okay, safe starches. Is that good? Okay. Um, uh, maybe I need to cycle my car. Okay. Is that good? Maybe one day a week have this, uh, cherry turnovers a la John Kiefer. Uh, is that good? And, and you just hear all these messages and you say, what the heck? My head's spinning around and round. And so yeah. that's a challenge as a podcast host. And you know, this talking to different people with different, uh, differing viewpoints, you Every know, you time you eat, it's like you have a schizophrenic person in your head. <laughs> like, well, you can't eat that sweet potato because that'll mess up your gluconeogenesis and your safe yeah. starches, you know? And, and exactly. it, it gets nuts. And there's too many chefs in one kitchen. And you're just like looking at it at the end of the day. And you're like, okay, whose recipe do I follow? Because if you follow every single one of them, yeah. 20 eggs in your cake, five, ba five bags of flour, and then, you know, it comes out like crap. So I, <laughs> I, I think there's something to be said there. What you're going on is like the information overload. And how yeah. you manage that. And it's, it's, it's good. It's a good thing that people out there listen to these shows. They want to research it, you know, and they want to think about it so much. And, and that's a, that's a great thing to have. And heck, we need more of that in America. But, uh, I think it goes too far to where it becomes almost this obsession and this like self guilt, right. uh, spiral that you go on every single time you eat, you're stressed. And you know what's yeah. not happening when you're stressed? digestion which is where you get all your nutrition so you're shooting yourself in the foot and it just perpetuates the problem you know at the end of the day i think people just need to be their own best advocate take what you can from what you hear and throw away the rest you know i mean at least consider the rest but you know your body better than anybody so if something works for you 
why veer from it? You know, people are like, well, I'm really doing well in my ketogenic diet. I'm seeing improvements in this and this and this, but I hear uh, I should be carb cycling every seven days. I'm going, if you're seeing benefit in what you're doing now, yeah. why would you change? Yeah. <laughs> I, I've never understood that. Now, if you're struggling and you want to try something different, by golly, try something, but don't change just for the sake of, well, I heard something that this might be good. Well, if you're already good, why would you change? I feel like it also doesn't help if you have before and after photos and then you start slowly looking more like your before photo over time. And that's when yeah. people get, uh, myself included, I mean, you know, I've never been above 15% body fat, let's say, but I, the lowest I got was somewhere around sub 10. And so I look at like sub 10 body fat and I'm like, man, like I got to get to there. And, you know, yeah. right now I'm probably 14. And so I'm, I'm like... I, I get in these quick fix modes myself where I'm like, okay, I'll just, uh, Brad Pilon's my friend. He says intermittent fast two times a week. And then right. I do it and I feel like crap. And I'm like, nope, you know, I got to do this. <laughs> and then on Friday, I break and go into the cake or something, you know, like, like we get in these quick fix mentality, um, of where we want it so bad. Um, uh, did you find that at all? Like where you were looking for more quick fixes or did you do it more gradually? So before finding nutritional ketosis and doing that very public experiment, I was. I was doing everything. I you know, I was doing the Safe Starch Paleo for a bit. Um, I, I was literally trying to do all the things that I had heard. And I think that's the right way to do it, Clark. You know, mm. people are like, well, you didn't find the, the thing that you needed uh, right away. And so what's wrong with you? And I'm going, you know, this could be a process. Let let the process play itself out. I, I think we we fall into the dogma of everybody should eat X, yeah, uh, or or do lifestyle X Y Z, and it doesn't work that way. And and I think that's what's gotten us in this country and around the world into trouble is we think there's a one size fits all solution. You know, four hundred ten pound Jimmy Moore with you know body fat. Uh, index of what probably closer to 55, 60% of my body was fat at that point yeah. versus somebody like Clark Danger at 14%. We're night and day in terms of metabolic <laughs> needs yeah. at that point. And I, I think keeping that perspective and realizing the very individuality of all of this, uh, that's one thing we really tried to focus on in Keto Clarity was Look, there's not the one size fits all. People are like, what's the macronutrient ratio I should be eating? I'm like, heck if I know. I don't really care about that kind of stuff, but you have to figure it out on your own. Sure. Yeah. And then they, they'll chart their calories. And if they're not right at 15% carbohydrates, they'll, 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 you know, scratch something else. Have a spasm else. attack. Yeah. Yeah. The schizophrenic <laughs> guy in their head goes off again. Oh, man. So with, Keto Clarity then, going back to your book and, and diving into the content. If someone were to pick up the book and they were looking at the table of contents, the cover, they're trying to get a big bird's eye view of, of what the book was about. Yep. 101 Keto Clarity, what, what is it about, Jimmy? It's about shifting the body from being a sugar burner to a fat burner. At its very essence, that's probably a great summary of what keto clarity is about and you might be like okay um i don't know what that means <laughs> so yeah. here's what it means sugar burner 99 percent of the world's population right now clark is probably walking around as sugar burners so that's why you see all these nanny registered dietitians out there that say you need 130 grams of carbohydrates a day for your brain to operate you know optimally 
Okay, if you're a sugar burner, guess what? That is an accurate statement. You probably do need uh, enough carbs to fuel your brain with the proper amount of glucose. But what they never tell you is there's an alternative way to fuel the body, which is the very crux of what Keto Clarity is about. And what that is is fueling your body on fat and ketones. So how do you do that? Well, obviously, you're a sugar burner. You've got to uh, shift from being a sugar burner over to being a fat burner. So you have to shut off the sources of sugar. So the main source of sugar we already talked about is carbohydrates. So mostly the sugars and grains and starches that would turn to sugar in the body. You've got to uh, limit those down to your personal carbohydrate tolerance level. And in the book, we give you a couple of good ways, actually several good ways, but I'll mention a couple here. Uh, to know what your carb tolerance level is. So hearkening back to my last book, Cholesterol Clarity, uh, look at your triglycerides number. So most people have had their cholesterol panel run. You get your triglycerides back, and let's say it's 137. Now your doctor is probably going to say, yeah, that's pretty good. Okay, let's move on. And they won't even bat an eye. But anything over 100 means you're probably eating a few too many carbohydrates because one of the markers that it shows up in first is triglycerides. Mm. So go go check out your cholesterol panel. Get those triglycerides under 100. And as we mentioned in Cholesterol Clarity, optimally you want them under 70. I think my last uh, reading for triglycerides was somewhere in the 40s, maybe, oh. maybe upper 30s. It was pretty good. And so – that's one way to know whether you're eating too many carbs or if you've got the right carb tolerance uh, level for you. Another way is to pull out a glucometer. So some people scoff at this, Clark. They're like, a glucometer, why would you test your blood sugar? I'm not a diabetic. They forget we're all having blood sugar issues. Um, you know, you have to know where you stand. <laughs> yeah. You can't just guess, well, I'm okay because I'm not diabetic. Well, guess what? Diabetics didn't just suddenly become diabetic. They had blood sugar abnormalities year after year after year before it finally succumbed uh, to diet full-blown diabetes. So test your blood sugar in a fasted state and then test it at 30-minute intervals for two hours after eating. After one hour, it should definitely not be over 140. And after two hours, you should be back to baseline. So if you started at a blood sugar of 90 within two hours, it should be pretty darn close to 90 again. Hmm. If it's not, guess what? you're probably a lot more sensitive to those carbohydrates in that food that you ate than you realize. So you need to back off on those. So that's two really good ways to find that carb tolerance level. So that's one thing that produces sugar in the body. Okay. Another, another one is the one we talked about with that big long G word, G and G gluconeogenesis. You're going to eat too much protein. You're going to produce sugar that way. So moderating down your protein is the way you keep that sugar from entering the bloodstream and killing your ketones, so to speak. So once you've got those two things in place where you've shut off the valve of sugar flooding your body, so you're shifting that body over from sugar to fat burning, then guess what? If you're going to be a fat burning machine, it only stands to reason you need to eat fat. So we're talking saturated fats, monounsaturated fats. Of course, the omega-3 fats are in there as well. We're not talking about, as we mentioned in Cholesterol Clarity, highly inflammatory omega-6 fats from vegetable oils. And I've actually gotten this question a few times, uh, Clark, can you be ketogenic uh, drinking vegetable oil? I'm like, oh, yeah. Uh, you could also fuel your car with rocket fuel um, and you might get down the road a little bit, but eventually it's going to blow up. <laughs> 
<laughs> Disgusting, man. Why would you drink vegetable? Okay, continue. Yeah. Uh, hey, pe- people People do it every single day. Oh, my Canola oil is making them healthy, and uh, yeah, yeah, we're not going to go there. That's but. just gross. So, so you're moderating the, the protein, you're limiting your carbohydrates to your tolerance, and you're eating more fat than you probably have before. Get over your fat phobia when we tell you how to do that. And then you test for those ketones, and you make that shift from sugar burner to fat burner. It can take probably two weeks in most people, up to four weeks in some maybe resistant people. Uh, perhaps 410-pound Jimmy Moore, who was drinking 16 cans of Coca-Cola and two boxes of Little Debbie snack cakes Whoa. and big plates of pasta, probably. 1500 grams of carbohydrates a day that boy he probably would have taken about three months before he got into ketosis <laughs> so with that then the goal is to get into ketosis and you're following this uh ketogenic diet yep. and you you get there you maintain it until you get your desired result or is this a lifelong thing like how long are you doing this for right so there are a lot of reasons for doing a ketogenic diet and, and one that's come up that people are like, well, I don't have any weight to lose, so why would I do a ketogenic diet? And I'm like, sure. do you think weight loss is the only benefit that you get from being in ketosis? So yeah. on page 37 of Keto Clarity, we actually outlined a whole litany of great benefits for being in ketosis. And these things uh, are probably the major reasons why I do it now. Uh, the hunger control and appetite control beyond anything. There's no drug mm. that could mimic what a ketogenic approach does. In fact, I remember when I first started my experiment, Clark, uh, my wife Christine said, when's the last time you ate? And I looked up at the clock. It was like midday. I said, well, dang, I think it's been yesterday about this time. It had been 24 hours since I had eaten last because I was so not hungry totally under control. Uh, I was feeding on ketones, by the way. <laughs> I didn't need to eat food. Um, and that's the beautiful part of this way of eating. And, and one of the actual dangerous parts of doing keto, if you're not careful, is you don't eat enough calories and you don't mm-hmm. get enough nutrition. So yeah, you get it under control. You almost have to like remind yourself, oh yeah, I probably should eat a little something at this point. So that's a big one, hunger and appetite control. We talked about the weight loss, but I don't think the weight loss is the big benefit. I I think the the big benefit uh, that I get from it are the brain health benefits. So things like mental clarity like you've never had before. I mean, it's it's almost like the clouds lift from your head and and suddenly everything just seems crystal clear. Um, It's – I can't describe it adequately – you just have to get into ketosis, if for no other reason, just to see what that feels like. Yeah. Because your brain actually operates very well on ketones. It's it's crazy how many people have brain fog, uh, myself included. I remember eating something and feeling like I needed to take a nap or feeling yeah. like I had to repeat three things. You know, it's just it's just. I'm nuts. sorry, what? I'm yeah, sorry, what? <laughs> <laughs> Jokester over there, Mr. Sarcasm. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, like the the brain fog and I would be on these calls sometimes after I came back from like a a meal or something and just um, have to take notes the whole time because I would lose my train of thought and be like, okay, I got to go back to that. Okay, he said this. I got to say, you know, like it would be it's insane. Like it's night and day. The Clark that has eaten tons of crap versus the Clark who's been uh, really good in his nutrition, been eating vegetables and, and, and doing more of a high fat approach. And I'm sure it is for Jimmy, too. Clark, I can, and it's so cool I'm talking to a podcaster like that because I don't prepare any notes 
for my podcast when I interview other people. I didn't ask you to send me questions for me yeah. to answer. I said, ask me anything you want because my brain really is probably as sharp as it's ever been. I'm almost 43 now. I know that's not old, but I'm just saying that sometimes people start to show mental decline in their early 40s. Hmm. I feel like I'm more mentally sharp. I almost want to go back to grad school again where, where I was in to a total car brain fog the whole time uh, getting my master's degree. Uh, you know, I, I just wonder, can I have this brain and go back? Because <laughs> it does help. And some of the other benefits, uh, that sleep problem that I had uh, prior to doing my nutritional ketosis experiment, got better. All, I have restful sleep now. In fact, my circadian rhythm is so spot on. I, I start getting really tired when the sun goes down, which is what you're supposed to do. And then I'm wide awake. As soon as I get up, I'm just like chipper, ready to go. Let's, let's rock and roll. I won't do a podcast at seven o'clock in the morning, but uh, I'm awake. <laughs> um, feelings of happiness and general well-being. I mean, I've always been pretty happy anyway, but it's like your brain is just screaming, thank you, you know, for feeding it what it wants. And, and that's ketones and fat. Um, of course, all the improvements in your triglycerides and HDL and blood pressure and all the small, dense LDL particles get eliminated. Um, the just, immune system, too, I'm sure, you know, with oh uh, my gosh, acne yeah. and, and uh, other sicknesses. I'm sure you don't get sick as often. I have not been to the doctor. I, I don't know in how long. Well, number one, I don't have health insurance, but um, if I needed to go to a doctor, then I would. But I haven't had the need to go in so long. You know, and I, I chalk it up that I'm, yeah, my immunity is so much better than it's ever been. And I know there's been some criticisms out there in the paleo community about, well, you can't eat a very low carb ketogenic diet because you're destroying your gut microflora and mm. you, you, you need that to have a strong immune system. And I'm going, well, something good's happening because I don't get sick. And if I had a compromised immunity, wouldn't that be showing up in the form of being sick more often? Now, I know I'm just an anecdote of one, but I'm not the only one that reports this. So what's the plan then for you long term with, with ketosis? Are you going to keep doing it till the day you die? Or uh, do you have kind of like a marker where you're going to try and add carbs back in? Or, or what's it look like for Jimmy? Yeah, I think that's where I got into trouble, Clark, was I bought into the premise of, well, you should add carbs back in at some point. And I, so I, I did. I tried adding in a few more you know, this and that kind of carbohydrates. And I've found, and I often joke, Clark, that I had all the carbs I was allowed to have for my entire life up to age 32. <laughs> so henceforth, the rest of my life, I need to keep them limited. And of course, that's a joke, but there's probably some element of truth in there somewhere that I probably did do damage that, uh, that will not allow me to probably have uh, potatoes on a regular basis, even though I would love to have potatoes on a regular basis, they just don't do well for me where I am in my situation now. So to answer your question, yeah, I think I will probably be doing some form of ketosis for most of the rest of my life. Uh, number one, for all those benefits that we talked about a moment ago. Uh, but just, I know it gives my body a fighting chance to be the optimal body that it can be. You know, I, I, I was asked on another podcast recently, if you could go back in time, what, what, you know, what would you change? I said, you know, I would just for once want to know at my age now, what would normal have been like if I never, you know, went through all those years of bad nutrition? What, what would I feel like? What, what would normal 
uh, be? What would it be to eat a potato and not see my blood sugar go, you know, wackadoodle on me? Um, I, I would love to feel what that feels like. That way, I at least have a marker of, all right, that's what it should have been. But now that it's not that, be the best that you can striving for that every single day. Does ketosis and uh, the stuff you outline in ketone clarity and what you're talking about with your story and how great you feel and um, the process and the journey to get there, do you think that's going to work for everybody out there? Do you think that everybody going on a keto diet is going to have some sort of success, at least better than where they're at? I think anybody who has had struggles on other nutritional modalities, Clark, uh, and not able to see the results they want to see, ketosis is definitely something worth giving a go just to see how you do. Uh, and certainly doing it the right way. You know, some people say, well, I tried that low-carb ketogenic diet and it didn't work for me. I'm like, well, what were your ketones? They're like, what are you talking about? So yeah. they didn't really do it right. So definitely doing a well-formulated low-carb, high-fat diet is going to be the key. But to answer your question straight, no, I don't think I don't think everybody needs to do this. I think it's a, a very targeted strategy for people that are desiring specific goals in mind, and especially if you have brain health issues. I think more than anything, those are the people that need this. If you have a history of maybe Alzheimer's or dementia or Parkinson's in yeah. your family, you probably should try to do something to heal that brain now while you still can. And ketosis definitely gives you that fighting chance. Um, I think if somebody's currently doing very well on their raw vegan diet and they're feeling optimal in their health and they're getting all the benefits that they need from doing that, don't go to ketosis. Why, why would you change if you're doing well? What I'm talking about is providing a tool for people that they want to try to do. They've never had this opportunity before to have it spelled out in clear language. This is what it's about. This is you know how you do it, how you get there, how to track your progress. If you run into snags, here's probably what's happening. We give all that information in this book. So it's kind of like if you want to give keto a try, this is your Bible for doing that. Otherwise, if you're doing great in whatever you're doing, Jimmy Moore is going to cheer you on to keep doing what you're doing. The guy who sent you that email who said, you know, I tried ketosis, it didn't work, but he wasn't right. measuring his ketone levels. What, what other mistakes are you seeing out there that people uh, are kind of being amateurs about? You know, they're not, they're not stepping up to the full keto plate and doing a full blast right like Jimmy Moore did. What, what, are, what are some of the mistakes and how do you correct them went on a ketogenic diet. Yeah, we talked about one earlier that I think is arguably the biggest one, and that is the too much protein. I think people, they think chicken breast is a health food, and it's not. Not, um, not according to that one review you got. She was angry. <laughs> I was just looking through them, and I was like, yeah. a one star. This, this, okay, all right. She has a right to an opinion, but... Well, and what's They're interesting dangerously is low, Jimmy. <laughs> Those protein requirements, I'm going to come after you. <laughs> Go read Amazon.com to see what Clark's oh, uh, talking man. about. But yeah, my one-star review on there. But yeah, I mean, people are going to have their opinions, and that's fine. But the, the truth is the science shows she's dead wrong and that gluconeogenesis is a problem. So if you consume too much protein, that gives you the, the excess glucose like we talked about earlier. Definitely using maybe urine sticks instead of uh, blood ketones or breath ketones. Maybe we can talk about the different ways to measure here in a second, but not eating enough fat in the diet. Um, people are still so fat phobic that they just don't 
eat enough fat. Mm-hmm. They think, well, I'm eating enough fat. I put a pat of butter on my on my eggs this morning. Okay, maybe three pat. You know, maybe you need more fat in there because that does give you the raw materials for making ketones. Uh, another big mistake is eating too often. So we have this whole mentality of breakfast, snack, lunch, snack, dinner, snack, midnight snack. And so everybody's constantly eating. Why? If you're eating enough in the foods, uh, in the meals that you are eating, you should be able to go long periods of time between meals. And that's one of the things ketosis gives you is upwards of 12 to 24 hours. Like I forgot to eat that day early on because I was so satisfied. Mm. And so eating too, too often or too much food when you do eat, uh, that doesn't mean you should cut down on the fat that you eat, but maybe just be aware of the satiety signal. Some people don't know what satiation feels like. So you have to kind of retrain your body for that. And then the blood sugar being a biggie as well, like we talked about, you got to get that one under control. And if it's all wacky, you can't expect to see good ketosis happen. So the people who are doing it wrong, they come to you and say it doesn't work. You say you did it wrong, dummy. You have to do it right with these requirements. And right, uh, there's something to be said there about uh, you know what gets measured gets managed. And and so when you're doing this, I've never obviously done a full on ketosis like you, but I'm sure for you it really helped to have that uh, physical feedback of a machine telling you almost, yes, you're doing it right. This is your ketone level or, or this is your blood sugar level, you know, getting that kind of, uh, those almost biohack tools right. to really give you that sort of feedback is really, you know, it's reaffirming. Well, and we live in a day and age Clark with all these advances in technology. I mean, there's some, some really exciting ones coming down the pike in the next few years. I actually helped this, uh, uh, Kickstarter campaign for this tricorder. Remember Star Trek? They had the little tricorder, and uh, the doctor would stick it on the forehead. What, what's it called, Christine? I don't know. I'm t- I'm too young for Star Trek, man. You're showing your age now. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh my my wife is the Trekkie, so she's oh nice, a, nice, good a medical tricorder. So Doctor McCoy used to stick this thing on the forehead. And then, you know, out would come all these things. Well, they now have this thing that's that's going to do that. So that's coming down the line. All these things that you know, the quantified self movement has yeah. really just kind of taken off. And I consider myself a part of that movement doing tests on myself. And but, yeah, I mean, I, I think if you can quantify it and you can see visually things happening as a result of manipulations that you're making in your you know lifestyle, uh, that knowledge is power. And definitely with the ketones. Don't assume just because you're cutting carbs that you're in a ketogenic state. You really do need to test. Uh, did you want to talk about the different ways to test? Yeah, we can talk about that. I was going to get into like some of those biohacks. I'm just so interested in that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. If yeah. you ever wanted to get into that. Absolutely. Like, um, do, you, do you see of any, any other hacks emerging that you're just full on board with that you think people uh, could try out? You know, I'm really curious about the resistant starch. Um, and being able to stay in ketosis with resistant starch. I myself am extremely skeptical because of my history um, dealing with blood sugar abnormalities and and then losing my ketones. So I'm, I'm very interested in giving that a go. What's uh, a resistant know, starch? I haven't so, heard about that one. Oh, you haven't heard about – oh, dude, mm. you got to go online a little more often. I know. I know. <laughs> it's like the biggest thing in the paleo community right now. Everybody's like resistant oh, starch, resistant starch. I, so, try and, yeah. I try and avoid some of that stuff, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> so basically it's – it's, and I'm no expert in resistant starch, so please yeah. don't, don't quote me on this. But basically 
um, potato starch. You can take it and it supposedly feeds the gut bacteria. Um, and then you follow that with a round of probiotics. Yeah, you're supposed yeah, to just yeah. build the community so your gut health is optimized. Okay. Um, and supposedly when you consume these resistant starches, they turn into um, – you know, the, the raw material that actually can become ketones. So that's why they say you don't lose your ketone bodies. I'm curious about it, but I want to do a little more research. I haven't really seen any long-term studies on this yet. Uh, that doesn't mean it's not valid, which is why I'm extremely interested in it. Hmm. My wife, Christine will probably do, um, an experiment with this. Well, she's wanting to get in on the N equals one action as well. So we'll, we'll likely do her real soon. So that that's one I think people should tinker with, and maybe even the carb cycling, yeah. um, you know, the ketogenic cycling thing that uh, you know several of my friends are, they're ketogenic for five six days, and then they cycle in some carbs for a day, and then they go back to ketogenic, and you know maybe that will help some people. I just know for me, Clark, I tend to do best when I try to be ketogenic virtually all the time, just because I just know that about myself. But I highly encourage people, do your own testing. Try some of these things that you hear out there, all within the context of, is this right for me? And if it's not right for you, move on. Don't don't dwell on it. Don't say, well, what's wrong with me that resistance starts didn't work? It's okay. I mean, try yeah. these things. There's definitely no harm in doing that. Some of the stuff, too, I read is just so advanced. Like, there's people who aren't getting enough water worried about, like, uh, the micrograms of niacin in their uh, <laughs> bean chili and should they be eating beans in the first place? You know, it's just like, dude, you're yeah. not even getting your water, which you're 80% of, and, and you're worried about the the vitamins and minerals. I think there's a time and place. Um, one of the hacks, though, do, do you have any good, like, sleep hacks? Because I love sleep. I'm, I'm huge on sleep now, yeah. trying to optimize circadian rhythms and everything. What have you found to just knock you out? So for me, here, here's my routine, and it's going to be profound. Are you, are you ready? I'm so ready. <laughs> so early in the day, and I, I have to thank Paul Jaminet for this. I give him great respect, perfect health diet guy. I mean, he's really done his homework. Sure. Early in the day, make sure you get sunlight in the eyes. And that seems so weird. You're like, well, sunlight in the eyes, what's that have to do with sleep? If you do that early enough in the day, you're turning on signals in your brain and in your body that say, look, it's daytime. <laughs> and so if you do that early enough in the day, then your body naturally starts kicking in um, all the things that it's supposed to kick in so that by the time it reaches nighttime and the sun goes down, you start to feel it. And, and dude, I do. I mean, it's amazing that one little hack of just get outside and let some sunlight get into your eyeballs. Now you're not looking right at the sun, but yeah. the, having that sun and, and going into the eyeball for just a few minutes is all it takes. Wow. And then don't stay locked up in your office. You know, a lot of people have office jobs and they're inside and barely see anything out the window. Go outside at lunch and look up. And again, not directly into the sun, but look up and get that sun because you want the brain to know, oh, yeah, it's daytime. But people live in kind of perpetual daytime with all these lights they leave on. So I turn all the lights down really low at night. It drives my wife crazy because she has her iPad on full blast with all the thing. And I turn my light on my iPad 
all the way down. I can still see it, but it's real dim. Yeah. Um, and and those hacks work so good. And by ten o'clock, I'm like, honey, I think it's time for, bleh. you know, and it's real tiring. And if I'm not feeling that, maybe about an hour before bedtime, I will squirt some liquid melatonin on my tongue. Um, and that helps kind of kick in that process as well. So I tend to sleep through the night and wake up bright-eyed, bushy-tailed at 7 a.m., 6.37 a.m., and I'm ready to go. So the sun gazing early in the morning uh, seems like it helps. I actually heard something when I was researching that, you know, sun gazing, because a lot of ancient cultures, they like the Egyptians, the Mayans, the Incans, they all they all had practices of staring at the sun at some point. And yep. Um, or at sun point, haha. And when you get at that first hour of the day, like the UV rays are really low, and even the, the the brightness is super low, and that's why you know a sunrise and a sunset is so easy to watch. There there, yes. there might be something else behind it. And have you heard about um, Hira Ratan, who's that guy in India who lived only on sunlight and water for eleven years? No, I hadn't heard about that. Yeah, he's this guy from India, and he claims that he just meditates all day and stares at the sun. He gets all his energy from solar energy. He hasn't had a stitch of food in 11 years, and they Wicked. thought they thought this was insane. So they brought him into a lab, and they like analyzed him. I was watching a documentary on it, um, and they analyzed him to basically call BS on him, and they said, this guy's insane. His health markers are perfectly healthy and he's he is what he says he is so he's somehow found a way his body to convert sunlight into a form of energy or something along those lines that is wicked man so i think your next your next book should be sunlight uh, sunlight clarity clarity. yeah there you go (laughs) (laughs) maybe he's on to something he's an ultimate ketosis he's not eating sunlight oh sorry (laughs) (laughs) yeah you're not hardcore enough jimmy this guy this guy he does not have a macronutrient ratio. He's you just, talk about ketosis. He's definitely in well in ketosis from starvation. <laughs> he's the pro, man. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, there's some crazy stories now floating around the internet on, on, on people who do health things, you know, in parentheses. Um, but I think there's something to be said there about sun gazing. That's a really fascinating uh, thing. Have you, have you ever tried to do it uh, barefoot and, you know, first thing when the sun comes up for yeah, the a more grounding thing? Yeah, yeah. grounding. I've actually interviewed a, a few people on my podcast about grounding. Really? I, n- n- to answer your question, I have done that. I haven't personally found that, you know, deep spiritual experience with having my bare feet on the grass and on the ground. Uh, you know, it's all cool and all. I, I didn't grow up one of those running around barefoot everywhere, I always wore shoes. And so it's kind of hard for me now as an adult to, to like make myself do that. And the bottom of my feet are real sensitive. So I, I'm not one of these people that walks around barefoot. Although I used to have a neighbor's kid. That's all she did. She walked around barefoot everywhere, every, and it's just, you feel the bottom of her feet and it's like leather. It's just so hard. So yeah, yeah I mean, I'm sure there are some great benefits to reconnecting with the earth like that. Um, so I just you, personally you, you don't seen feel it. it when you take off your shoes and get on the grass. You're not like this is the best thing ever. You're just kind of like, oh, this is some grass. Yeah, it, it wow. doesn't really do much for me. And 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 I know that's a person to person thing. And some people love that, um, you know. And and a lot of people like when they go to the beach and they take their shoes off and go yeah. in the water. I, I don't really get anything out of that either. So I, maybe I'm just the weird one. <laughs> <laughs> no, man, I. Uh, I'm the weird one. I got weird with grounding. I ordered a grounding mat and stuff, yeah. you know, 
But the thing is, it, it has this one little plug-in, and you need to plug it into the uh, grounded outlet. And I can't find really any in my household. Um, I move around quite a bit, so it's sometimes hard to find it. So I have this like $40 mat just sitting there. Yeah, um, I had the one for my bed. They had like Oh, yeah, sh- yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, when I interviewed the guy, he sent me a bunch of stuff. And so I had the sheet for a while. And again, I never felt anything. But if people want to try that, I think it's definitely a hack worth uh, looking into. Yeah. Did you see... Before I let you go, I'm just so fascinated. You know, you've interviewed over 800 people. I'm sure you've gotten some weird stuff on the Live in La Vida low carb show. Was there anything that just like sticks out in your mind that was just almost like mind blowingly weird in the health in the health community? Like someone was doing something you were just like scratching your head about, or did anything come up like that? Dude, you know I've got hundreds upon hundreds of episodes. I'm thinking through them all now. Um, I. I think the one about fungus, I did one with this guy named Doug Kaufman. Uh, And man, this is years ago. We're talking like six, seven years ago. I've been doing the podcast since 2006. Yeah. So he he brought up how fungus is such uh, that we need to really control fungus in our body. And I'd never really thought about that before. Um, And I'm just thinking out loud here because, I mean, that's a great question. If I only had 100 episodes, I could answer it very easy. But pushing 900, I'm going, huh. Yeah, I mean, that that one kind of threw me for a loop a little bit because I had just never heard anything about that before. Um, yeah, so the fu- it's the fungus in your body like the uh, – I've heard of that, like fungal overgrowth and antifungal yes, diets and they feed right. on sugar. And uh, they're very big – organism that goes in your body and of course you know you look around and you see funguses growing on trees when they're about to die and it's almost like this way of nature kind of decomposing and and so i I think you do need a certain level again i'm just kind of talking out of thin air here yeah Um, but i've heard like paul check talk about fungus and fungi and microflora and all that stuff um really important yeah so the so the fungus guy is there any show you, that comes off to the top of your head if someone's listening and they're like, you know what, I want to check this guy's show out, but 800 is a lot to get through. Um, <laughs> do you have one or two that are kind of your flagship shows? Oh, uh, well, if, you, if you're if you wanting entertainment. Um, yeah, entertainment. I, there we when, go. When I, when I interviewed one of the most famous vegans in the world, uh, last year it was arguably the most uh, – listen to show I ever did. Really? If you just Google Jimmy Moore and John McDougal, ha- did you hear that one, Clark? I did not. I heard the oh. Dur- Durian Rider one, but not John McDougal. Yeah. Durian Rider was actually very good. He was on his best behavior. I didn't believe a word he was saying content wise, but from a gentleman perspective, he treated me good as the host and I Old treated star. him uh, you know, as, as my guest. And I, I did ask him like straight up, why are you such a prick on your video? You know, and he was cool with that. You know, he, he was like, oh, 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 let me tell you why. And he was just great. But John McDougal, um, turned the tables. He's a very famous raw starch vegan guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and so he agreed to be on my show and he starts to rail into me how I'm a horrible representation of what wow. I'm trying to promote. And it was just, the whole thing was just an attack Jimmy Moore. It was kind of interesting cause I kept trying to make points in between his insults. Um, and I, I kept my cool. I didn't go off the wall. Like I could have but uh i said you know it sounds like a 10 minute show like how was it a it full was a show half a, it was a half an hour um and actually um it was so laughable when we were done that i actually 
went on YouTube afterwards, sped it up and put a chipmunk edition on YouTube. So if you Google or go to YouTube and put in McDougal and more, yeah. uh, M-O-O-R-E, you'll find the chipmunk version, which is about 20 minutes long. <laughs> if you can't stand listening to it. And uh, it was pretty good. So there that, it is. There that, it is that's right pretty there. good. <laughs> I wish pretty I wish we could play videos on the show, man. But one, one day we'll get it. <laughs> So you're not afraid to get people with, uh, you know, alternate viewpoints, which is really cool, man. Um, I actually like that. Yeah. Honestly, Clark, because how boring is it that we here in the greater paleo, low-carb, primal, real food community only talk to each other? Yeah. I think if we're going to expand the horizons of what we're doing, we got to reach out. And not that I expected John McDougal to, you know, put out, put out the olive branch to Jimmy Moore, but <laughs> – at least the uh, uh, fact that he would come on a show like mine when he knew he was diamet- diametrically opposed to literally everything I was about, um, you know, I-, I think maybe that kind of shows that people recognize what we're trying to do here and have a lot of voices and let people decide for themselves. I think he did a lot more harm to his branding of veganism than he did good. Uh, sure. Yeah, it-, it was it was quite the interesting one. Uh, but as far as content go, I mean, any of the ones that are doctors, um, I know Dr. Steve Finney's been on before. Do- my co-author, Dr. Eric Westman, has been on before. Dr. William Davis from Wheat Belly, Dr. David Perlmutter, Dr. Ron Rosedale. These are all people that if you go on the liveinlowcarbshow.com and type in their name, you can listen to those. And these are some of the top minds in the whole world on this whole nutritional health thing. So, uh yeah, and then hopefully you can get to some of the ones that are lesser-known names because there's so many gold yeah. uh, gold mines in there. You just have to kind of listen and play catch-up now. <laughs> it's true. It's true, man. Lots of catch-up. Take a year's 800 episodes. But, Jimmy, time is coming to an end, my man. Thanks for coming Wee! on the show. I know. Well, tell, tell people real quick where they can go pick up uh, keto clarity and cholesterol clarity. Yeah, so we have websites for both books, cholesterolclarity.com for the CC and ketoclarity.com for the KC. And that one actually is, uh, both of them actually are in hardback, Kindle, and the Audible audiobook. I actually read, uh, the, when you're a famous podcaster, people want to hear you talk. So, uh, so I did the actual talking of the book. So those are available and I was and gonna then, I was gonna listen to it, but now that Jimmy's reading it, you know, I'm just uh, I don't know, man. It's kind of a deal breaker. I don't you know. Sound if like I wanna, my, you sound wanna, like my dad. My dad said the exact same thing. He's like, <laughs> so who's reading it? What did you get a professional reader? I'm like, no, they wanted me to read. He's like, oh, great. No thanks. Oh, oh man. thanks, Dad. You jerk. Uh, so, um, <laughs> and both of those are on Amazon, and then your your website, of course. Yeah, livinlavidalowcarb.com has all my podcast blog, all my social media presence. Or if you just Google Jimmy Moore, you'll find all of my stuff on the front page. Okay. It's a done deal, man. Hey, Jimmy, appreciate you coming on. You're welcome anytime, my man. Thank you, Clark. Appreciate it, bud. That's a wrap. That's a good one, man. Wrap and roll. I like that. I love your energy, Jimmy. It's always fun. <laughs> uh, people, they feel when you're not 
real exciting. And I usually get that way when I when I'm hosting somebody that I sense doesn't have the same energy that I do. And I try to match the energy yeah. of my host. You know, you, yeah. you're a pretty high energy guy too. Uh, but when I'm interviewing somebody and they're really low, in, I'm like, so tell me, about, you know, I really try to yeah. like spice up my language even more to bring them up just a little bit. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, man. Especially when you're, you're winging it too. You're not having any questions or speaking points. I mean, you kind of have a rough idea, but you're just going in and seeing what happens. So I guess, uh, when you get someone who's really low energy or super short answers, those two are kind of are, are curveballs, and you got to find out how to hit them. That's funny. We got cut off. I was sitting there going, "You're <laughs> said you're winging," and then it just cut off, and I was like, "What happened?" At least it happened after the call. <laughs> yeah, that that would have been horrible during the call. Yeah, it would have been awful. Well, cool, man. I know you're a busy, dude, so I'll let you get back to whatever you're doing on uh, Friday, probably having, you know, 20 podcasts go out um, <laughs> or writing three books or something like that, doing something original like research. That. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, man. Hey, let me know if you ever need anything. This is looking like it'll be out um, sometime in September, unless okay. you needed a push on it or something. Yeah. Just okay. Send, send it when you're ready. Uh, maybe by the time it comes out, it may have hit the New York Times. Oh, look at I'll that. I'll let you know if that happens. Yeah, not if you keep getting one stars, Jimmy. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. The, the one one star and then the two star was the guy said, I love the book. The book was amazing, but the Kindle didn't work. And I'm going, <laughs> Why is that the author's fault? Yeah, tech uh, issues. Yeah, yeah. You love that, don't you? It's just like, <laughs> come on, people. This messes me up. Yeah, but I'm very grateful. I had a, over a hundred five star, so I can't complain. <laughs> I saw that, man. Great, great job, dude. That must feel so good to put something out you've worked so hard on, and I know you have. And um, to see the positive feedback, which a lot of people are giving you, must be really affirming. So you should feel good about that. It's cool, and I'm glad to have a resource that wasn't available before now available. So uh, yeah, yeah, cool stuff. I'm sure you've got. Have you gotten emails from people saying it really helped and stuff? Oh man. Uh, I'm posting new ones every day on my social media pages. I like take screenshots of, you know, the emails and say, look, you know, change lives. This is what it's all about. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. The oh. protein thing is the big thing for so many that really want to get into ketosis. They've been eating low carb and feeling like crap because they never fully got keto adapted. So now sure. this has helped them to do that. And now they're seeing results. So sure. Pretty cool. Well, Clark, I appreciate you, man. If I yep. can ever help you in any way, please let me know. Oh, Jimmy, thanks for the inspiration, buddy. Love what you do. Take it easy, man. All right, bud. Take care. Later.